0: It is now time for Ant and Nick to press play. Hello. Hello. And welcome back to Ant and Nick Press Play. Once again, I'm Anne. And I'm Nick. And we're going to take you on a journey through time. And crime. With Crime Traveller. Yeah. Tell
1: you what, I'm getting a bit of deja vu here, aren't
0: Yeah, in, in many ways, we've lived Crime Traveller before. Mm-hmm. Um, Repeating time again, like Jeff Slade himself. For us, we've been away for a long time. A couple of months break between the first episode and us recording this one. Nick, would you like to explain why?
2: <sighs>
1: this should be episode eight. We should be going out on a high, the final episode, but instead I decided to have a massive irreversible hard drive error and lose all the episodes! Yay!
0: Yeah, it was disheartening to hear, mm-hmm. but these things happen. It's only 12 hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, 12 hours of audio.
0: I yeah. mentioned to Nick a moment ago, before we came on the air, American Idiot by Green Day, they had their master recording stolen, so they had to start everything again. Yeah. And the BBC wiped all of Doctor Who that time. Yeah, it's annoying, isn't
1: it? Anyway, people at home do not buy a Seagate external hard drive. <sighs> Straight after it broke, I then saw all the reviews that said they just break. They have irreversible hard drive failure.
0: And I think without turning this podcast into a technology podcast, solid state drives are now the future. Old style hard drives with mechanisms and things like that are Mm -hmm. very much a dying form. Yeah.
1: And I just want to say a big thank you to two people. Firstly, my friend Alex Dalai, who spent a lot of time trying to help me out for free. Hmm. It was past even his skills, unfortunately. And also, thank you to the technician from Curry's, Team Know How, who, um, it just says on this, Tim32 is his name. So I don't know if he was a robot or what
0: I like it tim thirty two
1: tim thirty two he was very helpful at explaining to me exactly why there was absolutely no way it could be fixed for less than three hundred and fifty quid with no guarantee of any data recovery
0: and I take it you were crying in curries going but but I've got a podcast, please help me
1: yes, so
0: dear listener, it's not that you're not worth three hundred and fifty quid it's just um we just need to we just need to move on and get it get it recorded, get it all in the bag again. The thing is, things happen, things go missing, things get destroyed. Um, and obviously we just carry on. We've, we're doing it again. And you know what? We're going to have a blast. Uh, I guarantee it. Yeah.
1: Episode one survived though. Um, it's out. It's been listened to by a few people. So thank you to everyone who's listened to it and liked the Facebook page and humored us. Uh, we have got our first bit of correspondence of sorts.
0: Yeah. From one of our good friends, a fantastic listener.
1: Yeah, from a dear friend who supported us in a lot of things, Ian Orkish, mm. who um, said he loved the podcast, brilliant. Said it privately, though, instead of publicly, uh, annoyingly. Um, but he sent us a haiku.
0: Oh, I love haikus. And fantastic it was. Yeah. <clears throat> Give it a read. <clears throat> haiku
1: Ballad of Jeff Slade. Didn't like the outcome so. He turned back the clock.
0: Haunting. Very
1: good. He turned back the clock and he punched a policeman Andy. he. And did some parkour, <laughs> jumped around a bit. Jumped around, ran down some stairs, tied up some caterers. <laughs> he did all sorts. But yeah. Maybe that's for the next haiku.
0: So thank you, Ian. Do appreciate it.
1: Keep your haikus coming
0: in. Keep them coming in. You can also now subscribe or follow us on Spotify. Oh yeah. We are on there. Yeah. Search for Antonick. Press play. Search for Crime Traveller as well on there. It comes up. Mm -hmm. There can't be many Crime Traveller podcasts. No, I don't think there is. And soon we'll be available on iTunes as well. We'll let you know. But yeah, let's get on with episode two. Let's get it in the bag and let's talk through some of the greatest television (laughs) of all time. But first, Crime Traveller. Episode two. Nick, what's the title of this episode? Death in the Family. Is it just Death in the Family? It's not ad death.
1: No, it's in Death the... in the Family. I'm a bit annoyed that they didn't stick with the Jeff Slade and, ah. like,
0: last week's. And the Death Jeff in the Slade Family. Jeff Slade
1: and the Death in the Family. Maybe we can use that every time with every episode.
0: Jeff Slade and the Death... I mean, it's a bit of a mouthful, but well. no, I agree.
1: Um, so. Yes, Death in the Family. It was originally aired on the 8th of March,
0: 1997. Um, obviously, we've got Chloe Annette. Mm-hmm. She's back. And Michael French. Yeah. Both returning. I'd be very
1: surprised if he wasn't in it. Yes. Um, so yeah, last week we were introduced to Jeff, rather
0: unforgettably. Yeah, punching people, assaulting people. Even though he's a policeman, you know, he can use his police badge in some situations. He would prefer to use his fists. Yeah. Which for a detective isn't the best. Punch first, think later. Yeah, he's definitely
1: somewhat of a maverick. Yeah. So, we've got Jeff and Holly, who we met last week. We've also got uh, the core cast of Grisham, the Gov, Morris, the Comic Relief, and Nicky, the Graduate Trainee. Yeah, good little cast,
0: go. good little ensemble.
1: Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So, let's get into it then. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, we open in a bank, one of the biggest banks I've ever seen. Wouldn't be like this in 2019. <laughs> banks are closing left, right, and centre on the high street. Um, but this is a massive bank.
3: It's very kind of you, Slade, but I really don't need you to hold my hand. I
4: am only tagging
0: along for more support. I used to bank here.
3: Used to?
4: Yeah, I took my overdraft elsewhere. (laughs) Listen, if you
0: can get the loan, you can buy me lunch. So, yeah, we see Jeff Slade wearing the same clothes as last week.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh. (laughs) It's a really weird opening shot, this. It's like the most dizzying thing. It starts up at the ceiling... Sort of spirals down like the cameraman's on a helter-skelter
0: or something. Comes down,
1: focuses on Jeff and Holly as they're walking in. Follows them all handheld and then follows Jeff. It's nauseating.
0: Yeah, so they've gone in. Holly Turner, she's after a loan. Um, Jeff's just there for no
1: discernible reason, really. Just wanted a day out. So he's just wandering around while Holly goes to basically get told off.
5: Now, we
3: did extend your overdraft last June, Miss Turner, but it seems that you've exceeded it again. Does it?
5: Which does make the question of a loan. If you don't mind me saying so, you do seem to have something of an obsession with electronic equipment. I wouldn't call it that.
1: She's hemorrhaging money. Hemorrhaging cash. <laughs> this is Bev Stevens, the assistant manager of the bank.
0: Or, as I like to call her, Bev PC <laughs> Stevens. She's not the usual person that Holly gets her way with. (laughs) They try and out-bitch each other, don't they? Yeah, Holly's throwing some middle-class shade, you know, right back in her face. It's one of the best moments of the entire episode.
5: This payment here, UCX Electronics, what sort of equipment is it exactly? I'm sorry, Hi 5s
3: PCs. It's my work, Miss Stevens. Bev, please.
5: Mr Spencer told me you were with the police.
3: I am a science officer with the police, yes. But as it happens, Bev, I'm also exploring the effects of tachyon bombardment on the atomic substructure, on my afternoons off, of course. Oh. And I really came here for a loan, not a lecture. So if you're not going to give it to me, why don't you tell me now so I can leave you and go and be a grown-up again?
0: (laughs) For some reason, Holly starts putting on a faux, posh accent. I mean, she's always got a bit of a a posh accent in this, but it seems to be ramped up when she's talking to her. And it's very like, oh, well,
1: well. I mean, to be fair to Bev, it is the bank's money and it is her job to authorise a loan. Oh no, of course it is, yeah.
0: Clearly Holly's going in a lot and spending a lot on electronic equipment, which she can't afford, so she's just doing her job. It's an interesting little plot point that she's
1: actually having to fork out a lot of money for this. And it's really stressful for her and it's causing problems.
0: Yeah, I'd probably be a bit more lenient on Holly here. The way she's accusatory of the stuff that Holly is spending. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you've spent
1: all your money on just Eat, or a gym membership that you don't use.
0: Um, but needless to say, she does not get a penny.
1: No. Unfortunately, Bev has the power. So it's all very well, Holly going, well,
0: Bev, the thing is, I'm a
1: quantum physicist. And do, 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 do. Now, get out of the bank. Anyway, meanwhile... Yes, meanwhile... While all this is going on, we see a
0: very shady character. And this guy is more shadier than Jeff's like. Mustache, coat, quite a big coat, clearly in there, up to no good.
1: You said last time he bore a striking resemblance to Scatman John. Which I think (laughs) is a a perfect (laughs) Or Tramp Mario, um, one or the other. Or The Man from Sparks, or
0: anyone with a moustache he's obviously casing the joint Jeff's on him though Jeff's on him
1: well good I should hope so because he's one of the most obvious (laughs) criminals I've ever seen in my life I think Jeff's also quite obvious isn't he you know he's very much like
0: I'm looking at you
1: yeah he's got his eyes going side to side like an action man
0: (laughs) yeah he looks like he's about to lose his mind
1: um he's probably trying to work out where the camera
0: is Jeff is actually looking over this guy's shoulder when this guy's writing a note on a piece of paper. And I didn't spot that the first time. I just thought Jeff Slade was psychic. Um, <laughs> because he, the scat goes up to the bank clerk and, and says... This is brilliant. I have a gun uh, on a piece of paper that he's written it on. And Jeff comes along, having wrote another note, going snap. Fantastic little scene. See, so he can even quip in written form. Yeah, in something that could actually be quite serious if that man had shot someone. Although, from the impression I get, this man does this a lot. Yeah, exactly.
1: So the alarm goes off, Scatman gets a gun in the back of the head, uh, gets his arm up his back, and he's escorted off the premises.
0: Led off to the police station.
3: I'm resigning, Slade. What? You heard me. This whole thing is ridiculous. Scrimping and saving to buy advanced electronics I cannot even begin to afford...
4: Didn't get the loan, then?
3: What am I doing in a police department? I'm not a police officer. I'm a quantum physicist.
4: Don't put yourself down.
3: I could be working in a university or any electronics company. Research, development. Who needs a bank, anyway?
4: I hate banks. Shut up. Look, you go to university, all those scientists looking over your shoulder, how much longer do you think you're going to be able to keep your little secret a secret? What secret? You're good at this job, Holly. It suits you. You're virtually your own boss. You're respected.
3: And underpaid. It's crazy. I don't even enjoy police work. I should never have started it in the first place. But that's it. I'm through.
0: Her and Jeff aren't being very subtle about keeping this a secret in front of the man they've just arrested, the the man.
1: He's eavesdropping because there's a bit of a three-way convo going on that's quite amusing.
0: What's the secret you got? I hate banks. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good impression of him. Thank (laughs) you. We see Frank here for the first time, I do believe. Oh, yeah.
1: Semi-regular character, yeah.
0: Frank, the duty officer. He's the one that takes uh, the Scatman to his cell. Um, No problem, Slade. I'll deal with him. Again, good impression. (laughs) Jeff and Holly then have a conversation about Holly perhaps needing a a rich relative.
4: Maybe you could find the money somewhere else. Where, for example? Well, couldn't you get a grant or something? What about your family? Do you have any rich relatives?
3: Are you serious?
4: Well, if you need the money.
3: That's wonderful. That's really, really wonderful. What do you want me to do? Look them up and murder
1: them? This is, again, clunky dialogue. The dialogue claxon is going off. At that moment, they get a call to see Grisham. Robson? I've learned his name. Yes, Nicky. We've got a surname for Nicky now. (laughs) He was just Nicky last week. Nicky Robson. Well, we called him Percy last time, and I can't (laughs) think of him as anything other than a Percy now. But he calls them in anyway.
0: I'm trying to eradicate that from my memory.
1: (laughs) It's Nicky, it's Robson. He looks the least like a Nicky Robson out of anyone in the world. Nicky Robson.
5: The report's just come through. A poisoning in a five-star restaurant. The food? I hardly think so, Slade. This is a world-class chef. And apparently there was a food inspector on the premises when it happened. Oh, what a coincidence. According to the report, cause of death was a dose of poison. KCN? Potassium cyanide, white crystals. Traces of it were found inside the victim's wine glass.
0: Who was the victim?
5: Her name was Mary Chandler. There's a photograph here just come through. Wait a minute, Chief. What is it, Turner? Turner.
0: Holly immediately says, oh, hang on a minute, I know that person. Yes. In a really unconvincing fashion.
5: Yeah,
1: and well, she should, because it turns out that Mary Chandler is
0: <gasps> Holly's auntie. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Rich auntie. Way. Uh, Holly says the last time that she saw her auntie was a year ago. Yeah, uh, Again, a key point that is basically blurted at the camera.
1: Grisham has been uh, sent a photograph of Mary. Printed double for some reason. Printed really badly and there's like two faces on it. That's the 90s. Don't know why. But yeah, so we get double the Mary on that. Double the Tam. And Holly recognises it as her auntie. I recognise it Mm. as Mary Tam, star of Doctor Who. The wonderful Mary Tam. The lovely, radiant Mary Tam. She played the first incarnation of Romana with Tom Baker.
0: Very celebrated actor. And also obviously takes her acting very seriously, as she quite rightly should. And if only a lot of other people (laughs) had done that, we would have a different series.
1: She's she's sadly no longer with us. She passed away a few years ago. Uh, But yeah, she's great in this. And it was a really nice surprise.
0: Yeah, which basically means Holly and Slade can't handle this case. No. So Grisham then has to put Morris and herself on the case. She doesn't want uh, Nicky
1: to handle it. <laughs> he's very enthusiastic. He volunteers, but he's he's shot down quite meanly. Yeah, he's, he's a joke. When they were in the corridor and he said, oh, you might have a rich relative, and then 30 seconds later, they're told that her rich relative has been murdered, <laughs> they don't seem to connect that <laughs> in their
0: head. No, it's uh, not great, is it? No. From a writing point of view... There is a, a very much a degree of not acting like real people would act in mm. these situations. Jeff had zero emotion, really, to the fact that Holly's aunt had just died. He didn't seem that bothered. And, and the fact, as you said, he, that thing that had just been said about rich relatives. Mm, yeah. No one bats an eyelid. Um, so Jeff is quite sad it's not him, uh, very bitter about it. He shouts a great line here. As Morris is leaving.
5: Why Morris? Why not me? Oh, Thank you, Slade. I'd almost prefer Robson. Chief? Get the car, Morris. We're leaving now.
4: The key goes in the hole by the steering wheel.
1: We saw last week that Morris is a bit of a wet flannel. Has a rivalry with Slade. They try
0: and outdo each other very laddy, but he is,
1: you know... Morris is... He's a bit dopey, isn't
0: he? I do feel a bit sorry for Morris in this episode. Um, but we are gonna have a good laugh about him, so that's fine
3: grisham and morris grisham's only effective when she's behind a desk
4: yeah and the desk and morris have got about the same iq
3: oh poor aunt mary they might as well fire her under unsolved now
4: are you close to her
3: no I hardly saw her but she was my father's sister yes yes this is Holly speaking who is this
0: But then she gets a phone call. Yep. From? From? A solicitor.
1: Yes. Cut to Bradley Herman.
0: Oh, Bradley Herman.
1: Children's entertainer. Uh, Sorry, I mean solicitor.
2: Your joint beneficiary, you and some guy called Alex Morton, her partner. Uh, How much did she leave exactly? (laughs) Cut into the chase, eh? Well, we won't know for a few weeks. But I can tell you this much. When Edward Chandler died a year ago, I handled that will. And he left her around two mil. Mil? Yeah. Give or take a few thou? Right. So it looks like you're going to be pretty rich.
3: Does Alex Morton know anything about this?
2: No, not yet. I haven't told him. But there is something you ought to know. Go on. Your aunt was about to change her, Will. She bailed me a couple of days ago. She was coming in tomorrow a.m. In what way was she going to change it? Well, she didn't say. But she makes a call, and the next thing I know, she's dead. Maybe I should have just called the police, but you are the police, so I called you.
0: And this is exactly what solicitors look like. Yeah, he's got braces on,
1: little bow tie. He's got his glasses. This is the second face that I recognised so far in this episode. I think the very same year as this, he was the mad fan of Alan Partridge, who kind of kidnaps him and. Oh, really? Very scary.
0: (laughs) Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he shouldn't be playing a solicitor, should he? It's not good casting, this. It drags a bit as well, doesn't it? It's to get across the point that Holly's got some money in the will. Slade's there rubbing his hands. How much? Come on, <laughs> tell me. Like, how much? And he, he's like, mil, Mill. foul. Mill. fow. I don't know what's going on with that language. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't, know, I don't think I like it. Fow, Mill. fow, Mill. Pow. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, so Holly is potentially in for a massive windfall. Mm. Jeff's eyes are spinning around with pound signs in them. This
0: is the point in the episode where Jeff's jeans are at the highest, I feel. <laughs> I know in the 90s, everybody had these high trousers, but they're abnormally high. There's a vibe throughout this that Jeff doesn't really know the meaning of team because as they're leaving he kind of says that uh grisham and morris have got no chance um, but i always was under the impression that really they should be working together to get this solved but jeff's his own man yep. rogue jeff as you said here, is really really pushing the guilt trip on holly yeah holly for some reason can't say no she says no <laughs>
1: Jeff's giving some quite conflicting information, because he's saying like, oh, we can find out who killed her, or we can maybe even save her. But then he's also saying about the money, but she's not going to get that money if they go and save her. But it's just, it's emotional blackmail, this is all because he wants
0: to go back in time. He's obviously really into it, I mean, considering how well it went last time, I mean, they did solve the case. But we then cut to Sundown Court. Which is Holly's house. And the time machine is broken. And Holly is obviously pulling parts out. This is interesting
1: as well. The fact that she's saying this part was put in the 50s and this is from the 60s. And it's a mishmash of all these different decades, you know, as well. Mm. Um,
0: which is interesting. It gives the idea that this machine's made up of a lot of different things that could just go bang at any point. Yeah. The deflection coil, unfortunately, has exploded. Yeah, But she's got a spare one. Obviously. Expensive. So they do decide to go back here. She's quite easily convinced, isn't she?
1: Jeff's emotional blackmail is very effective. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yes.
4: Right.
3: That should do it. What's the time?
4: Five past eight.
3: Let's go. Don't say a word, Slade. What have
4: I done? Nothing.
3: Must have been a power surge in the photon
4: generator.
3: Oh, is that bad? Well, that's not good. It would
0: have blown every fuse in the building. Damn! Holly goes to press the button to go back. Jeff basically shoves her out the way because he wants to do it.
1: Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. I mean, God. If that was me, I wouldn't go anywhere near it.
0: I'd be like, you do it, you do it. He doesn't care. Does he lick his fingers? Yeah. Or something?
1: <laughs> he does, yeah, you're right. I'll do it, don't worry, even though you just said these parts are extremely expensive and delicate (laughs) so yeah he presses the button and just immediately breaks it and uh, blows a fuse and all the lights go out so then they've got to go out (laughs) into the corridor to find Danny with his little torch
0: Danny? it's crazy, this whole place is crazy
3: the main fuse
0: i'll get the bills from the electric do you know how many units they say we use Twenty-seven thousand. you could light up a stadium with that
3: well can you fix it
0: i've got people stuck in the lift i've got people in the dark i can fix it sure great but what am i gonna do a football stadium
1: bob goody who plays danny (laughs) i realized since the last episode I've seen him live on stage.
0: Oh right, okay. I've been feet I, I...
1: away from him on stage. He played Lucky in a version of Waiting for Godot at the oh, Sheffield Crucible. Really? You know, I obviously remember him he was quite striking then and he had very yeah. long kind of yellowy white hair tucked under his hat. A bit like you used to have at uni. <laughs>
0: If I'm being honest, me and Danny do share some similarities,
1: facially. And of course, <laughs> Lucky's bit is mainly silent, and then one massive nonsense speech. But uh, yeah, I would have said a lot if I'd known. If I could turn back time! <laughs> if I could just turn back time, but I can't. I wish I could, but I can't. Yeah, so not da- Yeah, so anyway, Danny's there, complaining about how many units the electricity company say that they're using.
0: I mean, you say complain, I say just state a fact. Those fuses, I guess he has to buy them himself. We don't go into Danny's backstory, though, whether or not he's having thick out loans. It's alright Holly saying that she's got to pay for her parts, but actually, there's a repercussion to this, and it goes down the food chain, yeah. Holly. So he changes that big fuse, and the lights come back on. So they do the machine again. This time, Jeff goes nowhere near it, doesn't no. he? <laughs> right.
3: Back in business? Yep. Yeah. This time I'll use a 50-kilowatt resistor circuit. That should do it, I shouldn't be doing this, Slade. Maybe the machine was trying to tell me something.
0: Poor Aunt Mary. Again, Jeff is really guilt-tripping. Quite nasty as well. Um, He just seems to be bullying for the sake of bullying a little bit.
1: Somebody who is very, very recently grieving, i.e. that day. Like, it's not Holly's fault that she can't change time. And yeah, sure, you can find out who murdered her, that's fine. But you could also do your job and do it properly in the present
0: lunch we then cut to mary chandler's house big mansion style house like last week don't know where they're finding these
6: you should have told me you were coming dear i've only got a minute
3: who's this jeff Slade, a friend of mine
0: hi
4: pleased to meet you
6: don't tell me you have finally got yourself a man and what do you do biff
4: i'm with the police and it's jeff actually
6: the police oh, is this uh, an official visit
4: no 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 we're just passing
6: you should have said. I was just on my way out. Lunch at Aramis. Three weeks to book a table. Four if you
4: don't want to view the kitchen. Maybe we could join you.
6: Oh, I'm afraid not, Cliff. It's business. But uh, we can meet for tea later on.
4: Uh, I don't think that's going to be possible.
1: No, this is literally the last chance we've got, Mary. She's so beautiful, Mary Tam. She looks good in the 90s, and that is no mean feat.
0: Yes. Very sexy. And I think she has some great lines here with Jeff, calling him Cliff,
1: Biff. <laughs> Which is definitely on purpose, because they don't sound anything like Jeff. Cliff, Biff, Jiff. I mean, if it was Biff Ziff, <laughs> Biff Slade and the Loop of Infinity. Biff, <laughs> Liff, Miff. Oh, dear. Uh, we then hear a voice from upstairs. It's Alex Morton. It is. Alex Morton makes an appearance. So the other person on the will with Holly. Yeah, her boyfriend.
0: Yeah, he's a bit of a wet trip, isn't he, as well?
1: Yeah, he looks odd as well. Looks like he stepped out of the 1940s with his suit and his strange old young face.
0: He has got an old young face. Very suspicious.
1: Have you taken it, Mary?
4: Oh, I didn't know we had guests.
6: This is my niece Holly and her boyfriend. Is the car ready?
4: It's outside. Of
6: course it's outside. I just hope it's clean for once.
4: I'll wait for you.
1: Mary Tam looks amazing. She looks very young for her age. Alex is evidently a lot younger than Mary Chandler. So she's a bit of a sugar mummy buying all his suits.
0: So it's her fault. And also he is prime suspect number one. He does that with Snarl, doesn't he, outside the restaurant? I know this. You know this.
1: Jeff doesn't know this yet. (laughs) No. Holly sort of thinks in her head, obviously she's conflicted emotionally because of Jeff. And um, she almost stops her.
6: Anyway, I must dash. I'm sorry about this, Holly. Next time, call me first.
3: Oh, Mary. Yeah? Nothing.
1: There we go. You've wasted your opportunity. The last words you say to your auntie. Never mind. And she can't even be bothered
0: to say love you or... Just saying, bye, be nice, wouldn't it? She is going to be dead.
1: It's strange. The morality of Mary basically going to her death, that's highlighted by Jeff.
0: Oh, you're just going to let her go to the restaurant to her
1: death? More emotional blackmail. Uh Well, Jeff's still convinced that they can save her or that he can change time. He's very enthusiastic about not listening to Holly and anything she's got to say.
0: We go to the restaurant... Mary. She has that altercation with Alex outside where she calls Alex scum, basically. Yeah,
1: he says, I'm not your servant. And she says, oh, but you are. He's basically just the chauffeur
0: at this point. And this is an interesting business meeting that's set up in the restaurant between three very important characters. Robert Blake, uh, Amanda Hayes, and Ian Carter, who appears to be channelling Jacob Rees-Mogg. We see here... Jeff Slade's rogue moment of the episode. Short glasses ready, everyone. Um, They need to get in to the restaurant, don't they? Yeah. I think it's Holly that mentions how they're going to get in. Jeff's got an idea. What do you think he's done? Um, Pull out his police badge?
1: (laughs) So they see this poor waiter outside smoking... Stab it on his break. And then this happens slightly off camera, but Jeff basically creeps up behind him and then there's a sound of like a metal and glass clank really loud. <laughs> Holly winces a little bit. Next thing you know, he's stolen everything. A whole uniform and a pair of glasses as well that make him look stupid.
0: Holly pretends to be from the Department of Hygiene here as well, inside the restaurant.
1: Yeah, so she's gone behind the scenes. Yes. Are
3: you the manager? I am. I'm from the Department of Hygiene. We're running a series of spot checks on food preparation.
2: Nobody told me.
3: Of course not. Must say this surface leaves a lot to be desired.
2: It's flour.
3: I'm interested in your wine storage. Do you have a separate cellar?
2: No, it's, uh, kept back there. I do assure you, Miss, uh... Kenwood. This is the Aramis Restaurant. We maintain the highest standards.
3: In that case, you'll have no objection to me staying while the lunch is being prepared. I will be making a full report.
1: She's very confident with this to say she's not a detective. She calls herself
0: Miss Kenwood because she just sees a cooker in the background. Yes. They're going to try and get Mary to not drink any wine. Yeah. Now, she's a middle-aged lady. I really think that's <laughs> going to be a problem.
6: Some wine with a meal? I take it you'll
2: join me.
0: Mary, we didn't invite you here because we enjoy your company.
6: Dear Ian, yes, I thought you'd be the first to speak your mind. We've
4: invited you here to tell you these demands of yours have gone on long enough.
6: And trust a dentist to spoil a nice lunch. Are you part of this conspiracy, Amanda? We shouldn't have paid you in the first place. We should have gone straight to the police. I would have thought the police were the last people you'd want to know about this. Waiter! <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, Jeffy's actually out in the restaurant as a waiter. Mary only met him about 10 minutes ago, and at no point does she say, Griff,
0: is that you? She she only looks at him maybe a couple of times in the scene. I don't think she even recognises him, because when you put glasses on your face, it completely changes your look.
1: Well, it certainly does for Michael French bless him, because he turns into a right dweeb when he puts them on. So, his amazing plan to stop Mary drinking her wine is to basically just badmouth the wine, say they haven't got some of it, say some of it's horrible, say, can I recommend some water?
6: I'm not used to this kind of service. I'm
4: only trying to help, madam.
6: Then bring us a bottle of the Sancerre.
4: You won't like it.
6: I think we've had quite enough of your expertise, thank you. Bring the Sancerre.
4: You say so, madam. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dirty. This place is
0: really going downhill. So Jeff takes the wine glass to the back. So he he says, if he picks the wine and Holly picks the wine glass, then she's not going to get hurt. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. They try, but this guy, this fat idiot gets in the way. (laughs) And that's not my words. That's Jeff's words. God bless him. Even on the credits, he's just fat man. Fat idiot gets in the way when he's trying to see you know Mary drinking her wine so this is this is good actually in the way
1: that he just literally can't see (laughs) the exact point that he needs to see it's very good you're not the wine waiter I demand to see the manager so by the time he's out of the way it's
3: happening (sighs) my breath I can't
4: I, I can't what's the matter I for heaven's sake, get a doctor.
2: You did this. you, you.
1: This has got a different director from last week, and I think he's just got a thing about, like, handheld cameras in this. When Mary's choking and dying... It's almost like we're seeing it from her perspective. Yes, indeed. Because everyone's very wavy, and the cameras and looking at people's noses and things. And but it's not a POV. It's like, you know, we're looking at Mary's nose as well. If anything, it's Jeff's POV.
0: So what on earth is he? What's he been doing? And then there's a line which is: Is she dead? I think so. Which is <laughs> the most throwaway line when someone dies I've ever heard. I think so. So, Alex runs in, Jeff and Holly run out. I find running away from a crime scene, it's the right thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, so, it's like, Alex comes in.
1: Mary, are you okay?
0: No, she
1: is dead, which we know already. And then we have a fade to black.
0: Ooh. Jeff and Holly quite quickly go back to Mary's house
1: and break in. He breaks in with the handle of his gun.
0: (laughs) No, that's fine. Uh, They get in. Um, As he says to Holly, well, this is your house now.
1: They're so intent on solving this mystery, even though it's literally only just happened. So they're immediately going to the house. You know, what if there's police around? What if the other police actually go in to get some evidence?
0: They're very confident that's not the case. They have a good look around in here, specifically in Mary Chandler's ex-husband's or dead husband's study. What did your uncle do? How did he make his money?
3: He's nothing special. An accountant.
4: Must have had some very big clients. Yeah. Did he work from home?
3: Yes, through here.
4: Oh, nothing special, just an accountant. Oh, yeah.
1: We then see Jeff in full-on detective mode, looking for clues, which is
0: basically just... Pick things up. Yeah,
1: just pick things up, don't
0: really look at them. Uh, Say find some pills... Picks them up, shakes them a bit, puts them down. It's his?
3: Slade, he's been dead a year.
0: They obviously didn't work then. But then he finds some very important documents that seem to indicate some sort of tax fiddling going on with the people that were at the restaurant with Mary. Very suspicious indeed.
4: Hayes, Carter and Blake see if we can find out a bit more about them. Where? Well, if we pull them up on the computer at work, we can cross-reference them with the Inland Revenue. Never know.
3: We can't go back to the office.
4: Why not? It's Grisham's case. Don't worry. She won't even know we're there. Don't go
1: to the station. Just wait. It's literally only just happened. Deal with it tomorrow.
0: It's weird that for two really intelligent characters, they don't seem to understand any of it. Jeff
1: worked it out in his head. Oh, no, it's fine. We weren't in the office at that point. We can get away with it. Do not go back to the
0: station. (laughs) Um, So they go back to the station. (laughs) The lift doors open, and who's there? Pricky Nicky. (laughs) He sees them both straight away, and he runs off right to Grisham. They, Jeff and Holly, come into the office. Everybody is silent. I mean, Jeff makes a quip. Don't tell me. There's been another murder.
4: I think we should come back later.
3: I don't think we should have come at all.
4: We'll come back later.
5: Turner! Yes, Chief? I have to tell you, Turner, this is the most depressing day of my entire police career.
4: Well, I told you you wouldn't enjoy working with Morris.
5: I'm arresting you for the murder of your aunt. Morris?
0: Jeff, be, be quiet. <laughs> you know when you just can't help yourself and have yeah. to make a joke? I do it quite a bit. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I've experienced that I quite a few times. It. With you. Gets me a lot of trouble yeah. um, because yeah. he's so oblivious to what he
1: said. Um, but no, it's very serious. Holly's in trouble. Big trouble. Well, she's arrested. She gets arrested for the murder of Mary Chandler. She doesn't get a rights read to her though In Line of Duty they say that about every 30 seconds You have the right to remain silent If you don't know about all that stuff
0: Can you imagine Line of Duty transposed into Crime Traveller <laughs> Jeff yeah. would definitely be under investigation quite a <laughs> bit
5: <laughs> This morning you told me that you hadn't seen your aunt for a year Yes Jeff But according to her partner
0: Alex Morton
5: You were actually at the house minutes before the lunch So why did you lie to me? I was confused. (laughs) She was confused, Morris. You don't think it was a bit coincidental, turning up at the house on the very morning she was killed? I do, yes. What? You're right, it was a coincidence. I've spoken to the solicitor.
4: Bradley Herman.
5: I know about the will. Your aunt had divided her estate equally between you and Alex Morton.
4: And she was about to change it but you don't know how she was going to change
5: it. I've also spoken to the restaurant manager. Eduardo. Thank you, Morris. I've also spoken to the restaurant manager about this food inspector, a Miss Kenwood. That wasn't me. Then how do you explain this?
0: Yeah, Holly. She's got Mary Chandler's wine glass Hmm. with Holly's fingerprints on. Yeah. I
1: mean, this is stupid. When you actually hear it, they've gone to the scene of the crime as it's happening and made themselves noticed, both of them, with no alibi. They've got Mary's wine glass that has got Holly's prints all over it. Yeah, I mean, that's the killer there. Yeah. Holly looks, for want of a better phrase, absolutely mashed off at tits. <laughs> yeah, she does. She's just staring ahead. She's like going, oh, well, my, yeah, my fingerprints were on it as well. But at the same time, going, no, I didn't do it. I'm not admitting to that. No. Nah. Huh? Nah.
0: Slade's in this room. He's not helping. He's in the background. He's making slide digs she like, was well.
1: confused, all right? Confused. Jeff's not being arrested. Yeah, why has he not been
0: arrested? And going, it's Oh, weird. you were also
1: there. And also you clonked out a waiter and <laughs> yeah. stripped him bare and stole his glasses. Yeah. Or maybe Jeff's disguise was just so good <laughs> that nobody knew it was him. <laughs> But yeah, Morris is doing this thing, sort of trying to chip in, trying to back up what Grisham's saying. And then for some reason, when she mentions the the manager of the restaurant, Morris does a stupid Spanish accent. Eduardo. Yeah, but they stop him. Yeah, Grisham rightly goes, "Uh, don't do that. Stop it. We met the manager of the restaurant before, surely. Yeah,
0: we'd assume so. I
1: thought he was the manager. I thought so. He he wasn't Spanish, I'll tell you. What's the joke? Um, But yeah, Holly, she's banged her rights. I mean, as Morris says, she's got motive opportunity. She was there.
0: She's lied about not being there. Yeah, the proof's all there. They take all her personal belongings, including the very important watch. She's distraught about that. She does not want to give that watch. No.
1: And again, Slade's just stood next to her, just going, come on, Holly, you have to, you have to. He should be in the jail as well. I
3: should never have listened to you. You know, everything in my life went wrong the day I told you about the machine.
4: Well, you wanted a time travel to solve the crime, Slade,
3: not to prevent it, and certainly, certainly not to get accused of doing oh, it. Calm down. Just... Calm down. I've got less than four hours, and I'm stuck in here, and I haven't got the watch. You've got the clock. The watch neutralizes the machine. It breaks the loop of infinity. We're both stuck here
4: without it. It's not that bad. (gasps) Could it be any worse? There's only three suspects. Three? The ones at the table. I can do it. Do what? Find the real killer and then get you out of here. You're kidding. Trust me. I'll be as quick as I can.
0: And he's off. Gone. He says he'll get it done and just saunters away. Smile you later, Holly. I'm going to get something about Jeff's general attitude here. Holly gets locked up in the cell... Jeff's talking to her, but he's laughing. He has a really big smirk on his face. I know it's the Michael French smirk. Yeah, He does it a lot. But it's like he's almost, he's very chill about the fact that they've only got a few hours left. To be honest, I like having the watch um, because it means that if you're ever separated from it or ever lose it, you have to get that and then get to the machine. Could I put it on a necklace
1: or a ring? So Holly's left in the cell and who's next to her? Skibbidibidibadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadababadab the scat man,
0: <laughs> annoying her for four hours. Yes, yeah, that's probably the the worst punishment.
1: He's a good character. That actor's got a very good face. I like it, very
0: characterful face. Yeah, very really good. And the small bits he's in, he does a really good job. Yeah, yeah good casting. Now I feel. Yeah. Um. So next up, Jeff goes to the dentist. Um, rather than uses police badge to get into the dentist. <laughs> he fakes these yeah. oh, 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 oh. Um, and storms his way in. Just walks straight past the receptionist. <laughs> uh,
1: so this is to see Robert Blake, who's a dentist, which I think was mentioned yeah, earlier Robert at the Blake. dinner. But you know, it's a bit of a boring dinner. Even though somebody died, it was still boring. It looks like as soon as Jeff gets in, he reaches in his pocket. It looks like he's going to pull his gun. Yeah, he does. We're just used to it from last week. But no, what's this? It is his badge you use that to get in this isn't the jeff we met last week i'll tell you a detail i'd not noticed the first time i watched this is that these people didn't really know each other before this dinner and so they've got no yeah. alliance to each other really so the robert just dobs
4: amanda in you ian carter and amanda hayes crooked accounts and mary chandler was threatening to shot the three of you no
5: it wasn't like that it's not
4: true which one of you did it blake was it you who put the poison into a glass no i couldn't well it must have been one of you So which one? I don't know. Don't talk to me. Talk to Amanda. The lunch was her idea.
1: It's a very short scene, but he's straight out again, basically.
0: (laughs) Come back in six months' time for a (laughs) checkup. He won't. He'll just storm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we go to see Amanda Hayes, who is promoting her book. Yeah. Magpie Murders.
1: Now, this is the same day that Mary died, isn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, presumably.
1: I mean, it is that was rhetorical, but like they've all just seemed to have gone back to work, <laughs> like nothing's. Yeah, happened. they didn't like her. Yeah, she's an author, so she's written a book called, as you
0: say, the Magpie Murders. Such a great name that Anthony Horowitz decided to actually publish that book in 2017. Magpie Murders begins with a murder mystery,
2: very much in the style of Agatha Christie. So we're in 1955 in a British village. There is a lord of the manor. There is a housekeeper who falls down the stairs and breaks her neck. Or was she pushed? But that's not the book I've written. That's been written by a man called Alan Conway. And in the second half of the book, we move to the publishing house who are about to produce this book and put it into the shops. But they've got a problem. The first is, the writer is dead. And the second is, it seems as if he's been murdered by one of the characters he wrote about in his book. Because everybody in Magpie Murders exists in his real world. But
1: yeah, so 20 years or so before... The actual book, Amanda Hayes was writing one. The Magpie Murders, secret never to be told, is the tagline. Slade asks for it to be signed.
5: Thank you so much. I do hope you enjoyed. Thank you very much.
4: What was it for? It's for Mary Chandler.
6: Who are you? What do you want?
4: I'm with the police, Miss Hayes. Seems you're making quite a bit of money out of murder.
5: Murder fiction, yes. But the fact is, I had no reason to kill Mary Chandler. Hardly knew her.
4: Mary Chandler was blackmailing you.
0: And I was under the impression that the lunch was your suggestion.
5: My, you have been busy.
0: I was a bit concerned here that, yes, time is of the essence, but Jeff still has time to stand in a queue <laughs> yeah. and wait to. <laughs> yeah, and buy the actual
1: book. <laughs> this character's quite, like, I don't know, slimy, I guess.
4: Oh, I see. Mm, mm, mm.
5: It was potassium cyanide that killed her, wasn't it? How do you know that? I used it. In Death by Design. My first novel, I recognise the symptoms. So? Where could someone like me get a poison like that? They don't hand it out at the local chemist. And to my knowledge, they don't use it in dentistry either.
1: Mmm, it sounds like Amanda's going to confess. But then she dobs in Ian Carter because it turns out Ian's got his own chemical company. So has access basically to potassium cyanide, which the other two haven't. So with a slight slimy smile, she sends Slade on his way.
0: And then we've got another weird... Yeah, another weird camera angle, you're going
1: to say. Here, yeah, yeah. yeah. We cut to like the a... chemical company. As we're going down this escalator and like in these lifts, the camera's panning up and we're going down. It's, it's strange. So all these lethal chemicals are locked away and only three people have the code. Ian's one of them. So everything's catalogued and it
0: looks very strict. And Ian Carter here is quite right. He shows Jeff where they keep the cyanide. Yeah. And Jeff could have quite easily just asked him rather than making him go through this (laughs) whole procedure. You haven't got that much time, mate. Um, Down the escalator, in here, going through the security protocols. Just get on with it.
2: You know Mary Chandler was seeking our financial support. That's how she would have put it. She was blackmailing you. She'd invested unwisely an office development somewhere in the north. She
4: decided we'd make up the difference. And so you invited her to lunch? Not to kill her.
2: Warn her off. Even if I had stolen that cyanide, how could I put it in her glass without the other two seeing me? Think about it. None of us could have done it without the others seeing.
4: All three of you had a motive.
2: Yes. But of course we weren't the only ones.
1: Is there any other person with a motive? Any other shadowy figure that is obviously a criminal murderer? Um, Who knows?
0: That's for Jeff to find out. Who knows? I think I need to mention here as well. um, Pip. who plays Ian Carter. I think he's doing a really good performance. I really like him here.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, Jeff did say he could interview three people in four hours, and that took about seven minutes, maybe,
0: (laughs) in our time. In the meantime, we cut back to Holly in her jail cell, being very sad. Um, Who comes in with her dinner? Percy, a.k.a. Nicky Robson. He's brought some food for Holly.
1: And then the scat man is going, I want some food. Where's my food? And then Nicky just out of nowhere screams in his face,
0: Forget it! <laughs> and
1: then goes, Anyway, Holly, I've got. <laughs> Don't know what that's
0: all about. I mean, he's allowed food. If I calculated this watching it back, she takes the dinner from him, she places it down next to her on the stool. You can see that Holly's got a plan here.
3: Nicky, if I told you I had to be somewhere in one hour and 15 minutes that it was a matter of life and death. Would you believe me?
2: Can I
1: go there for you?
3: No. No, no. Just out of interest. What would you say if I asked you to pretend I jumped you and escaped?
4: It's an interesting moral dilemma. On one hand, of course, I'd like to help a friend, but... On the other, of course, under section seventeen, paragraph thirty seven B. That's it, what I it,
3: thought it, you'd it. say.
1: Yeah. Forget shot glasses, down your whole bottle. Holly's gone rogue.
0: <laughs> didn't she see rogue. this coming
1: she knees him in the balls? <laughs> she needs him is out of there. She knees him out. Uh, which looks good, and then rams him against the wall, which doesn't look good. No, it looks terrible. And then she lets the scat man out. Well, she has to. The scatman very cleverly just goes, let me out as well, or I'm going to start kicking up a fuss and getting the
0: guards in. There's a lot of cutting back and forth here. We go back to Slade on the case here. He's obviously thought about it, and is back at the house to interview Alex Morton. The bonus interview of the day. Yeah, Jeff seems suspicious about that, have you taken it line.
4: When we were here earlier... When you came down the stairs, you asked Mary if she'd taken it.
2: What did you mean by that? Taken it? Hmm. Oh, yeah, I was talking about a letter. Just some letter she had to post. I guess now we'll never know what was
0: in it. I mean, I'm suspicious. Jeff's <laughs> suspicious. I think mm. we're all suspicious here.
1: It's not very subtle, the way this is played. No. This sort of half grin oh. isn't doing him any favours.
0: Just bad yeah. casting again. <laughs> never mind. We're now cutting back again to Holly, who's sneaking around the police station um, as Morris is walking by saying, you have to be alert, and be on the lookout all the time. <laughs>
1: Last week we were talking about it was difficult to kind of flag things up to camera that you've got to be made explicit. It's also quite difficult to not look at something that you know is there. So you can tell the, the actor who plays Morris is doing everything he can to not look where Holly is, and it's very unnatural. Yes. It gives us a clue into Morris's kind of lack of yeah. self-awareness as well, which we'll see a lot of
0: as the series unfolds. Now, Grisham is in the toilet. Uh <laughs> weird scene she comes out of the toilet goes to wash her hands and sees the scat man who has escaped he's been sneaking the corridors and he's gone
1: into the ladies which
0: probably scares the crap out of christian yeah
1: she does just stop dead and look at him (laughs) they look at each other they've both got very good expressions in it
0: yeah
1: we've got our second toilet mystery (laughs) this time, Grisham stars in our hit game show. Pee or
0: poo. P or poo. Pee or poo? Yeah, was it a pee or was it a poo? I like to think it would have been a pee.
1: Mm. Um, what, what's your take? Well, all I'm saying is maybe there's something in the air that makes them stop dead as well.
0: <laughs> Thank God it's not smell-o-vision. Maybe that's what Grisham's face is all about, rather mm. than surprised to see him. Yeah. She's embarrassed. <laughs> um, So... The alarm gets raised, Holly is having to get her personal belongings back, which basically means the watch. She doesn't own a lot else, to be honest.
1: This is stupid, because I, you know, I get it's excitement and jeopardy and stuff. She goes to get this envelope with all the stuff in it and just like starts emptying it out onto the desk really quietly while Frank's not there. Just take the envelope oh. with you. <laughs> yeah, stupid. When she finds the watch, it beeps very loudly to signify one hour left. And yeah. Frank hears it what's this one, turns around but then has to be called away because Grisham has raised the alarm and Frank's got to go
0: deal with it. Bye Frank. Got to go deal with it. So they're all rushing to get out.
1: Meanwhile, Holly takes some keys and sneaks off the other way.
0: Yeah, so they're all on the chase now. It's a very serious scene and this is another shift in tone, I feel. It becomes a very serious chase scene and then, as we'll find out, it shifts back in tone very quickly. We see Jeff
1: driving back, very conscious of time, which is good. He's learned his lesson from last week. Yes. Meanwhile, Holly is in the car park of the police station and steals a car. May as
0: well add to the list of charges.
1: Morris sees her and starts running after her. Now, now I don't know whose car this is. I like to think it's Morris's car. Yes,
0: maybe. Morris runs after her,
1: and then Holly nearly ploughs into him. Jeff's influence has rubbed off on her already.
0: The only difference is that Holly swerves at the last second,
1: but Morris was nearly a goner then.
0: The way that this is filmed and written, it would still be comical. There would be no serious <laughs> fate to Morris. It would be wow, wow. He's a very cartoony character,
1: yeah. So, yeah, the chase is on. Morris and some others on foot, and then some
0: police cars. Um, we then see Grisham and Percy Prick coming out. <laughs> you know,
5: Chief, I still think we might have got this wrong. What brilliant bit of deduction brings
4: you to that conclusion, Robson? It's more of a gut feeling.
5: Didn't think that was where she'd hit you. I just
0: want her found. Yeah, very funny. He
1: seems to be alright. I'd still be in tears if that was me. I'd be going, oh, leave me. No, leave me, leave me. Uh." Yeah, leave me alone. But Holly's escaped. She's out. She's gone.
0: It is a race against time now, though. Literally. Get back to
1: the flat. Holly's got a very mad look in her eye.
2: <laughs>
1: Wide-eyed grin. And then we've got a bit... And I couldn't work out the logistics of this. I think Jeff and Holly swerve to miss each other. Yep. Is that them? Is that both them?
0: Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? And
1: then for some reason they meet again head-on a few seconds later. And, like, <sighs> dodge them cars. Bam! Straight into each other.
2: What are you
4: doing? You didn't need to escape, I was just coming to tell you. What? I know who did it. I know who killed your aunt. Oh, well, that's
3: great, that's really, really great. We've got 34 minutes. Is that enough time to persuade them? Yeah. Do we talk or do we run? Run.
1: There's a very big bump, head to head at speed. Yeah. Neither one of their airbags goes off. So maybe they weren't fitted as standard in those days. And both of them just get out and f- are fine. I think Holly might just rub a neck quickly.
0: Yeah. So they decide, should they talk or should they run?
1: Or should they get medical help for the whiplash that they've almost certainly got? <laughs> They decide to run. (laughs) This is like last week they were running from the
0: cops. They love a bit of running. Running through the streets.
1: We cut very quickly to Grisham and Nicky in the car. Yes. um, Pre-Google Maps, obviously. So Grisham's got an actual big paper map. Yeah. She's given a sector as to where they were last spotted. And Grisham identifies correctly that that is where Holly lives. Holly's house. Meanwhile, Jeff and Holly, they're jumping over fences and trying to give the cops the slip. They encounter what can only
0: be described as quite a vicious-looking dog. (laughs)
1: The thing is, this dog, the dog looks quite happy and contented, but then they've overdubbed a growl over the top of it. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So you've got, like, a snarl, uh, but the dog's actually going... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, they meet this dog. Next thing you know, Morris has caught them up to the street and uh, hears a bit of thumping in a big industrial bin things. Here we go. Got them.
2: the are hiding
1: in here.
0: Right. What have we got here? It's
1: the dog. The dog. So somehow Jeff,
0: Dog Whisperer, Jeff Slade, or Holly, I don't know,
1: have managed to get this dog...
0: Into a bin. I think the RSPCA should be looking at these guys, to be honest. At the expense of Jeff's trousers. because All we see is Jeff Slade with his ripped trousers Mm. as they're running across the street. So Jeff's obviously done something with the dog. And it's mad.
1: Oh, it's mad. So we see Morris's terrified face. (laughs) Just abject
0: terror. As we know, the power cut happens at Mm. this point. So Jeff and Holly get into the building... They've all got in the building, Jeff, Holly, Grisham.
1: This is good from Jeff's perspective to remember that,
0: to add it all together.
1: I know you were saying earlier, you could identify Grisham's voice. Yeah, I did say that. But I couldn't, and I'd forgotten this bit, actually.
4: That's your power car. They'll see us. No, they won't. Trust me. Um, where are they?
0: You blew the power, remember? You're the one stuck in the lift. Hello? Hello? Oh, come on. Come on. Jeff and Holly get back to the room just in time and get the photocopy effect in. Just in time for Grisham to knock on the door.
1: (laughs) This annoyed me a bit. I think episode two is too early for any of the main characters to see the special effects of the time machine.
0: That should have been later in the series. It is, because now there's a lot of unanswered questions. Jeff does answer the door like a prick. Like nothing's happened. Yeah, you have been being chased. They haven't forgotten what's happened. You are still in trouble, Jeff.
5: Chief Slade. This time you have gone too far. I'm arresting you too. Wait a minute, Chief. What? He knows who killed Mary Chandler.
4: Who really killed her?
5: All right. But this had better be good.
1: They're working on like means to an end, aren't they? You still escaped from jail when you were arrested, and you still were there when Mary got murdered. And the fingerprints are still on the glass, Holly. What was that photocopier thing that happened? Why did you put a dog in a bin? Where's Morris? <laughs> hey, I wonder if... Do you know, Jeff's cut fixed itself last week. I wonder if his trousers got put back together. That's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'll have to look at that again. But um cut to a big close-up of the sneering... Yeah... <laughs> Sneering Alex Meh nah. nah. oh, Mary, oh, she was mean to me. Nah. Nah. So it
0: was yeah, it was Alex As we know.
1: Nah.
0: It was him that was gonna be cut out of the will, not Holly. And when he found that out he was determined to stop it
4: happening. It's not true. I couldn't have done it, I wasn't even in the restaurant. You didn't need to be. Mary had taken the poison before she left. You're wrong. Have you taken it, Mary? That's what you asked her when Holly and I were there. You told me you were talking about a letter. It's a funny word when you're talking about a letter, isn't it? Have you remembered the letter? Have you, have you got the letter? But if you're talking about medicine, if you're talking about pill, have you taken it? And she had, hadn't
1: she? In the background of this scene, Morris is stood there with his arm in a sling, yes, indeed, and a patch over his eye, looking worse for wear. I mean, Morris, just take the day off, mate.
0: Yeah, well, he's dedicated.
1: <laughs> Presumably, dog bites. Maybe the dog put him in the bin. <laughs>
4: Alex Morton put the cyanide crystals in the glass after she was dead. Don't you see? She was dining with her three worst enemies, three perfect suspects.
3: And he was waiting outside.
4: All he had to do was wait in the lobby until he heard the noise. Then he ran in, and in all the confusion, he just slipped some cyanide crystals into the glass. You! (laughs) Can we take that as a confession? Chief? Yeah,
1: there we go. It was almost perfect. What he didn't reckon upon was time-travelling detective Jeff Slade. Yes. Alex tries to run, and Jeff grabs him, slams him into Morris's arm, in <laughs> quite a comic slapstick moment.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, and then Jeff goes, is that okay for a confession? Um, no.
0: He hasn't. Well, I mentioned this in the last episode. There are a lot of things that, in a court of law, would not stand up. Well, yeah, but, I mean, Grisham's easily pleased. That'll do. Doesn't say... Explain your behaviour, Jeff. Um, I think she's probably used to it. Holly's do you think she'd be a bit more shocked over?
1: Slade and Holly are off scot-free, and it's annoying. We cut to Nikki dropping Holly and Slade off at the solicitors, mm-hmm. so they finally get to find out what's in this will. So Holly just apologises to Nicky. Oh, sorry about that. Nicky, ironically, has got no balls.
3: Thanks for the lift, Nikki.
4: Good luck. And
3: Nikki, I'm sorry I hit you.
4: Don't worry, it was actually quite a light testicular blow. It just winded me.
1: Poor graduate trainee, Nicky Robson, and his bruised scrotum. Anyway, wasted journey, because Holly's got zero, a big fat zero, or negative numbers, even.
4: What did he say?
3: I'm not sure you want to know. Oh, come on, tell me. How much did you get? Five figures. Five? High five. But they were debts, Slade. That's what she left. Debts of five figures. All the money's gone. What? The office development? She was principal investor. That's why she was trying to blackmail Edward's old clients. There was nothing left.
1: So she's got a five-figure debt. So I don't know whether she's got to pay the debt or what. Five figures. Something that isn't quite explained. Morris and Grisham were on the case themselves. Did they go and interview the three people who were having dinner with Mary? (laughs) Or did they go straight for Holly
0: and case closed? Job done. No, that's an interesting point. Eduardo. Yeah, there's not much detective work going on. No,
1: Jeff goes and interviews the three major suspects. Well, four, sorry. Grisham doesn't seem to know anything about Alex and all this. But still, as I said, from their perspective, Holly was absolutely bang to rights. So they probably didn't feel they needed to. So Holly hasn't got two mil or even two
0: thou. A pen.
1: But Grisham was so embarrassed about how she treated Holly um, that she... You
0: mean doing her job and accusing her of something that feasibly looks like she's done? Yeah, Yeah. with fingerprint evidence.
1: But she's given Holly a massive one-off payment, to say sorry. And also, Mm -hmm. I think Holly's got a pay rise. Holly had asked for a pay rise anyway and got it. So she's, she's all right for the time being. She's quids in.
0: Quids in. Probably not enough to fix these parts that keep blowing up on the time machine.
1: No. Which crossed that bridge when she comes to it. But yeah, so she's not really going to leave the police anymore.
0: She was never going to anyway, was she? I mean, not really. I think she likes spending time with Jeff. Yeah.
1: Nice. I don't know what kind of adventures they had pre time machine, but they're like pretty much bezzy mates now.
4: Oh, look, you're not going to lock yourself away in some tedious research job for the rest of your life, are you? Just think what you'd miss.
1: What would I miss, Slade?
4: Excitement, adventure, testicular blow. <laughs> I can do without a cloud. And you'd miss me. No, I would not. You would. I
2: would not. You would. Go on, a bit it go on. Okay. A bit <laughs> Say
0: it Say it now. Say you miss me. Say it. Say you'd miss me.
1: <laughs> and then they walk away. As you said, very reminiscent of um, Yeah, Rose
0: and the Ninth Doctor. In the
1: second episode of Doctor Who when that came back.
0: Very similar dynamic. Uh, it's a bit of a shame that we didn't just get Doctor Who with Michael French and Chloe in there, because I genuinely think it would have worked. I disagree. <laughs> There's a lot of
1: connections between this series and Doctor Who. The main one is mm. every single person that watched it wanted to watch Doctor Who instead. <laughs> yes. Yeah. To be frank, um, don't worry, you'll get Doctor Who soon. <laughs> Oh, I'm a bit exhausted. Yeah, same. What were my thoughts the first time we recorded this? I don't know.
0: Well, my thoughts have probably changed. I enjoy the writing, the story, most of the acting, but I do feel there's too much going on.
1: For Holly, and Slade, but Holly to be implicated in the actual crime itself, I think is a concept that should have been later on in the series. Yes. And also they've seen these weird lights in a flat, and that should have been an episode five or six kind of thing. 100% 100% agree. Mm-hmm. What else? Too much comedy. Yep, especially with Morris. He was dozy last week. Oh, went yeah, to the is-
0: toilet and all that kind of thing. Call of Nature. This is like a farce, isn't it? This is to the detriment of the episode. And I don't necessarily agree with what some of the directors said about these episodes. It says something like it being on primetime Saturday night. That's what people want to see. They don't want it to be too serious. Well, I disagree. I don't think it added anything.
1: Seeing Jeff do proper police work and Holly go rogue, again, is a concept that I think was slightly too early. Yes. The Jeff that we met last week was not the Jeff from this week.
0: I do genuinely feel the two episodes we've had so far, and we mentioned this last week, could have been spread over four episodes. (laughs) Part one, part two.
1: Never mind. Right, so... End of episode two. And as far as I know, it is all saved and nothing's gone
0: wrong. (sighs) No, well, that's good to hear. I thought we had a nice conversation considering that's the second time we've discussed (laughs) this episode.
1: So next week, we'll be looking at episode three, Fashion Shoot, which sounds like an episode of Biker Grove or something. I think hopefully it'll be a bit more exciting than that.
0: Oh, no, I think it will. I think we're going to enjoy talking about that one. If anybody listens to this and has any feedback for us or even just wants to discuss the episode, either the one coming up or this one or anything at all, really. Haikus. More haikus, please. More haikus would be great. Uh, Email us um, at antandnickpressplay at gmail.com. Everybody should definitely uh, follow us on Facebook. uh, Give us a like. And also subscribe on Spotify and iTunes. Get on your
1: PCs. PCs. And log on. (laughs) Yes. So, we will see you next time for Fashion Shoot. In the meantime, please, please, please back your files up. Please do. Can't stress that enough.
0: See you next time. Take care. Bye now. Bye.
2: Well, now you know where I live, I hope you'll not be a stranger. Oh, does that No, won't be one. will <laughs> <laughs> always be a kettle on here. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, then. We'll have that pint. Yep. Go see my brother. No way, you big
1: spastic. You're a mentalist.